You are now listening to One Hour School Life, the official sports podcast of Pin Oak Middle School. All right, welcome in to another episode of One Hour School Wide. This is Mr. Mertz. We have another special interview segment coming up. This time it is with Mr. Alan Thompson, uh, the athletic director at Pinocchio Middle School, also the head girls uh, soccer coach at Bel Air High School. I believe they just completed their season, um, had a great season from what I understand. Um, maybe didn't go as far as they had hoped in the playoffs, but still had a great season. Um, and a lot of former Pin Oak players on that team as well. So um, got that interview coming up. Uh, that interview was done by our friends of Soccer Champions. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Uh, this week, I guess, where we'll start is uh, I think we'll have to start with uh, you know, the Houston Dynamo uh, for my interest. <laughs> we'll start with what's most important to me today. Uh Houston Dynamo, uh, last Saturday night, yeah, last Saturday night, uh, Houston fell 2-1 to one at Portland. Pretty good game. Uh, kind of tough to, to take the loss. I thought I thought Houston played well enough to, uh, to get a draw. Probably 1-1 draw would have been. Would have been fair, um, but as I talked about last week, uh, you know, I think draw was probably – the best case scenario in that match last week. Um, loss was not unexpected. I thought the, thought the Dynamo did some things well. It uh, looked pretty good in the first half. The first, what, 15, 20 minutes, they looked a little shaky, and then they kind of got the momentum of the game. Uh, got a cross in on an own goal, tied the game up 1-1, and then uh, in the second half had a lot of chances but just didn't finish around the net and uh, – Pretty incredible goal, awesome goal uh, by the Timbers somewhere in the 70s. I don't remember exactly what minute it was um, to put them up two to one. Pretty good uh, shot down the kick down the field, and then uh, was kind of kicked backward to uh, backward by a forward, and then kind of kicked backward to one of the midfield players who was streaking straight down the field and just kind of volleyed it right in after the after after off the kick and it was a pretty impressive pretty impressive goal not a whole lot the dynamo could have done to stop that one so they fall two to one um posher i think his name's posher is that the guy who uh like i said had some really good chances um especially in that first half after that first 20 minutes um i think his name's tyler posher let me let me double check uh the spelling of that name real fast um but um, let's see here. Let's pull it up real quick. Um, not Fafa. Pasher. Yeah, Tyler Pasher, um, the Canadian guy who I think he played in USS, uh, USL last year. Um, actually, I mean was wearing out that right side of the field in that first half. Second half, the Timbers made adjustments and kind of uh, kept the Dynamo from getting him the ball. But uh, he had three or four chances in the first half to, to either cross it to somebody that was open or, you know, put it in the back of the net, and it just didn't happen. Um, he wasn't the only one, though, that didn't score. There was a bunch of chances by the Dynamo that just didn't have a finisher. And that was one of the things that 
I and some of my friends were worried about uh, this season, especially with the trade, uh, trading, well, not trading, but um, selling uh, Albert Elise to a team in Portugal and then selling Mauro Minotas to, I think, Tijuana, was who was going to be the finisher? Like, who's going to play that forward, uh, you know, front midfield uh, attack position that that can finish around the net. I mean, we got guys that can get the ball in the box and and you know make good crosses, but we just didn't have anybody last Saturday to finish around the net, and you end up losing the game two to one when probably played well enough to have a, have at least a draw. Um, anyways, moving forward, uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier. Uh, tomorrow, the Houston Dynamo are supposed to play uh, LAFC. Um, Vela, Vella, Vela, Carlos Vela is out. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm still kind of new to MLS. This is, you know, not that new, but, you know, um, he's not going to play tomorrow. So that's good news for the Dynamo. Um, but it still is LAFC, and they're one of the best teams in MLS. So um, maybe another situation where draw is, is the best outcome tomorrow. We'll see. It'd be cool if it if it was a win. It's supposed to, it's probably gonna be raining, raining again. There's my Oklahoma accent again, uh, raining again, and I don't even know for sure if the game's gonna happen tomorrow. Um, there's supposed to be a lot more rain this week than there were two weeks ago, so uh, we'll just have to see what happens when it gets closer to game time. If the Dynamo, if the match is gonna play or not, um, as long as it's not lightning, I think the, I think the match will happen. So, but uh, I'll be there with a couple of friends and uh, hopefully I see, you know, like I said, at least a draw, maybe a win. Um, a loss wouldn't be completely unexpected though, or shocking, like similar to the Timbers game. This Dynamo are still a team that are growing and trying to get better. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be one of those fans that thinks that the Dynamo are going to win every match. Cause that's just not what I, what's going to happen, especially not with, uh, with the rebuild that we're in right now. So, but uh, I did see the Dynamo do things that were good on uh, last Saturday against the Timbers, and I, I thought they played pretty well. So even though even though they got the loss, uh, moving into EPL now, um, I guess you know EPL slash Champions League. Uh, Chelsea played on Tuesday versus Real Madrid, and it was a one-one draw. Chelsea, to, though, does have an away goal, but uh, with one-to-one, I don't know how much really the away goals will matter too much in a, if a tie-break situation was to happen. Pretty fun game, though. Uh, Pulisic scores in about the 14th minute. Um, pretty awesome. You know, I mean, he's 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 my favorite player, so to see him score and be one of, the, like, the first Americans to... Uh, I think he might have been. I think he might be the only American to ever score in the Champions League semifinal. As a, it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see. Um, so that was at Real Madrid. Technically, I don't really think that was their home stadium, though. I'm not sure if uh, the next leg is going to be actually at Stamford Bridge or just you know, Chelsea's the home team. They're playing at some neutral site like they did in the quarterfinals, but. Uh, I, I like where Chelsea is in that position. Uh, I do think Real Madrid is probably a better team than Chelsea. But, um, you know, it, it is one-to-one, and uh, anything can happen in that next leg. So uh, I feel pretty pretty excited to, uh, to for Chelsea to be in the position they're in to possibly win. Looks like they if they were to advance, they'd probably play Manchester City. 
team that's really good. Um, but, you know, a team that Chelsea beat a couple weeks ago in the FA Cup uh, semifinals. So uh, they're not unbeatable, and it's a team that Chelsea knows very well. So uh, anything could happen in that Champions League final game. So uh, a lot of fun soccer going on right now that uh, I'm really excited to watch and having a lot of fun watching this spring. Uh, I guess speaking of spring, let's talk briefly about the uh, Oklahoma spring game that happened last Saturday. Also, once again, last Saturday was a very busy day for um, <laughs> for uh, for my sports teams. Um, before we get to that, though, I do want to say that uh, Chelsea plays Fulham tomorrow at 1130. I forgot to mention that. So uh, hopefully that should be three points for Chelsea, who uh, also got a big win uh, last Saturday when they beat West Ham one to nil and uh, jumped ahead of them in the standings of EPL to move into fourth place and to be three, three points clear of West Ham. So uh, hopefully they get three points tomorrow versus Fulham. I do think that um, West Ham plays Barnsley or Brighton, somebody that's at the bottom of the table on Monday. So I don't think Chelsea's going to make any big expand that three point gap this weekend, but you got to win on Saturday to even have a chance for that to happen. So let's hope for three points on that one. All right, sorry, back to the Oklahoma Spring game. Uh, didn't get to watch much. It was on – I had a hard time finding what channel it was on here in Houston. Um, but I finally just logged into the Sooner Sports app, and I watched it on my Fire Stick on my TV and uh, watched a little bit. I had some other things going on where we had to run out of the house. Um, but uh, from what I've heard from listening to uh, Twitter and podcasts that I listen to that covers OU football, it seems like um, Caleb Williams played pretty well, the, uh, the new freshman quarterback. I don't think he's going to take Spencer Rattler's uh, spot as the starter, but um, probably next year. I think Rattler will, probably, will hopefully play well this year and go pro, and then it'll be Caleb Williams' team. But uh, it's always good to have somebody sitting there in case something was to happen to Spencer Rattler, your starting quarterback, to have a backup that's uh, more than capable. Um, the running back from Tennessee transfer looked really good from what I've heard. I saw some highlights of him making a cut and scoring a touchdown on a run. Heard the defense looked really well, especially the secondary, who uh, covered very well and played well. And uh seems like the D-line has a whole lot of depth and a lot of good players and a defense that – OUS hasn't had in a while is, is the words I'm hearing. So that's cool. Um, as long as the offense is, you know, it's normal self, it doesn't have to be, you know, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield good, but as long as it's really good, you know, which it usually is, and it should be based on the personnel coming back um, to have a defense that people are comparing to in the ballpark with Alabama, not Alabama, but in the ballpark with Alabama could mean a, uh, a very successful season for OU this fall. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, to stick with football, uh, NFL draft, the uh, first night was last night. Not any big surprises for me. Um, I guess Justin Fields kind of fell a little further than I thought he would. Um, but other than that, no big surprises. Um, none of the OU players were really taken. So uh, I wasn't paying too much attention, to be honest, really. Um, I think OU has a chance to have two or three players drafted in the second, third round, uh, Ronnie Perkins, Creed Humphrey, um, Ramondre Stevenson. So uh, we'll see what happens later tonight and this weekend with those players getting drafted. Um, Texans, the hometown team, didn't have a first-round pick, so nothing, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of invested in the draft for me last night. Uh, I did watch um, – man, 
man, at this, why do they have like 10 minutes in between picks? I mean, do we really need 10 minutes between picks on in the first round? It's just so drawn out. Like, I mean, it was like 10 o'clock and they were still picking and I went to bed. So um, it'd be nice if they could shorten that down a little bit. I know like it's, it's a business and they're selling commercials and products and stuff during, you know, in, in between picks and stuff. But man, it gets to be tiresome you know, waiting forever and ever and ever for, for a pick when you, when you know who the next pick is going to be based on what that team needs and the position of the draft that they're in. Um, anyways, it's good to have sports back and to have some sense of normalcy, um, in our lives when it comes to sports. I know this spring is so much different than last spring. Um, as far as the things we get to watch and the things we get to go do, like go to Dynamo games and stuff. So uh, I'm very thankful to have those things. And uh, looking back last spring, I don't know how <laughs> we kept our sanity. I'm so glad that uh, even though the draft last night wasn't real exciting for me personally, and you know it looked a little weird with everybody kind of spread out and stuff, um, it, it was nice to watch. So. All right. Uh, with that, here comes the interview with uh, Mr. Thompson done by uh, Soccer Champions. And I will speak to you again next week. Hi, I'm Leo Rafuta, and this is Soccer Champions. And today we have another special guest, Mr. Thompson. Now, Mr. Thompson, can you tell us what you do at Pin Oak? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for uh, inviting me to talk to you today. I am the uh, associate principal at Pin Oak, and uh, one of my jobs is also to serve as the athletic, uh, the athletic coordinator at Pin Oak, which means that I oversee and support all of our athletic programs here. What is it like being the head of the head, the sports director in Pinoak? So I think it's um it's interesting because you you get to appreciate uh, all of the different sports and you get a perspective from each of the different coaches about um, their philosophies and and things that. Um, things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily see if you were just coaching one sport. And so I think that you have an opportunity as an athletic director to learn from a lot of different coaches and then to hopefully be able to help um, other coaches to improve along the way by kind of um, collaborating and working together. And I think another really cool part of, of the job is, is you, you get to see kids, um, you know, that play multiple sports and, and you get to be able to kind of follow them and and see, um, you know, their growth and, and work with them. So overall, it's, um, it's a really, it's, it's a neat position to be able to help coaches get better and, and really help support coaches to, uh, to help players. By any chance, do you coach a sport at another school? I do, I do. I'm also the uh, varsity girls soccer coach at Beller High School. This is my um, this is my second year as the athletic director at Penn Oak. This is my um, this is my fifteenth year of coaching varsity soccer. 
Uh, it's my 11th year at, at Bel Air. So it, it's, uh, it provides me with an opportunity to, as an athletic director, but I also have the perspective of being a coach myself. So hopefully I can appreciate um, a lot of the day-to-day type, type things that coaches deal with. And so hopefully I can help and support them, them in that because I know what it's like also uh, as a coach myself. How good has this growth team been doing, uh, like in matches? Like, do like how many games have they won? How many games have they lost? And have they even lost any or won any? So uh, we have not lost any. Uh, Bel Air, our our soccer team right now, we are uh, eleven and zero, and um, we hope to continue that. We're about halfway through our season right now. Uh, we are going for our eighth consecutive district championship. And, uh, yeah, right now we have, uh, I mean, we're undefeated. We're, we're ranked, uh, sixth in the region. And last I checked, maybe about 15th or 16th in the state. And so we have a a really quality program with a lot of good kids. And, uh, several of those kids guys used to walk the halls in Pin Oak and we start, um, we start. We start four former Pen Oak players on, on our varsity at Beller. That's cool. Um, anyway, Do you think you can do uh, this? What are your ideas as a this sports year? director of Pen Oak? Like, are you going to make more teams? Or, or are you going to make sports harder for tryouts? So I, I, I think the question is, um, you know, kind of how can we grow the, the Pen Oak Athletic Department or, or kind of what are our next steps? And it's, it's a good question. I think uh, we do want to make, generally speaking, guys, we as an athletic director, I think I want to provide opportunities for all kids to be able to to play sport at some level and some capacity. And so I think one thing that we want to try to do is um, – you know, expand our opportunities for kids. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I think middle school sports, there should be an element of, you know, competition. And so, you know, the, the sports that have tryouts, we wouldn't want to um, change that. But at the same time, are there more opportunities that we can can give to kids who want to participate? Because, you know, as, as everybody in this room knows with, I mean, sports and team, uh, these are lessons and these are opportunities that, that really help shape you um, as, a, as an adult or as a kid, as anybody, just being involved with, with a team. And so um, it is important to me that we try to get as many Pen Oak kids involved in sports. And then I think a second thing is, you know, what are we doing, um, you know, with, with our sports, particularly our, our, our teams that are, are having success? Like, what are we doing to you know, take the next step and go to the next level, um, you know, in terms of, of how we can schedule maybe more difficult um, opponents, how can we work, um, you know, to, to have uh, more, more rigorous practices, like just as an example, that might be with the, you know, are the girls, girls soccer, are they scrimmaging with the boys soccer, you know, we had a, a really good girls cross country runner, is she getting you know, every opportunity to really compete against some of the boys and, you know, just really trying to make sure that, 
in internally, we do everything we can to, um, you know, give competitive opportunities to our, 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 uh, our really strong athletes as well. Team that you're excited to see compete? A team at Penn Oak that I'm excited to to see compete. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I was excited last night. We were able to to have our first football game, and and we saw uh, some of our our um, you know our really good athletes be able to uh, to get a chance to to play. And so it was it was fun to see our football and our cheerleaders to be able to to have an opportunity to to get out there. Um, I would say. You know, I think our, our eighth grade boys basketball team should be really strong. They, they won uh, district as seventh graders. And so that's probably a team that that we would look at and, and um, you know, be excited to see. I also think our uh, our softball team, I know uh, they just had tryouts. I know they have a, a sixth grader who's really good. And so I, I think that they're, they're going to be a, a really strong group. Uh, I also think both boys and girls soccer teams uh, are, are going to be strong. And so I look forward to, to seeing them, but honestly, guys, you know, with Pin Oak, um, I think it's one of those things where we have so many good kids, so many really hardworking kids that, um, you know, all the sports, all the teams, all the coaches, uh, it's really exciting to see all of them play. All right. Um, Thank you for coming with us today and talking to us about all, all, all you have, all, what you do in pinup for athletics and what you do in ballet. Or, but this is soccer champions. Yeah, I, I, I uh, um, thank you guys for inviting me on. I'm happy to talk anytime. Welcome to our NBA podcast. In this podcast, we are going to talk about the Suns and Knicks game. Devin Booker had 33 points, four rebounds, and three assists. In this podcast, we're talking about the Suns and Knicks game. Mikael Bridges had 21 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Chris Paul had 20 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Cameron Johnson had 11 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. Cameron Payne had, had 11 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 assists. Derrick Rose had 22 points, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds. Julius Randle had 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Reggie Bullock had 17 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. RJ Barrett had 17 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Emmanuel quickly had 11 points, three rebounds, and four assists. This game was super competitive throughout. Neither team let the game get away from them. But only one team could win in the NBA game. The Suns won 118 to 110. The Suns now have a record of 43-18 to 18 after this game. The Knicks' nine-game win streak has ended now, and they have a record of 34-28 to 28 after this game. The Suns remain in second in the Western Conference. 
The Knicks remain fourth in the Eastern Conference. I think Devin Booker and Chris Paul and what's his name, Cal, went off in this game. So did Julius Randle, but not like his usual, but Devin Booker did pretty good in the colleges. Yeah, I think they did pretty good, too. They did better than they usually would. Yeah, I didn't know the Suns are second in the Western Conference. That's surprising. I thought it'd be like the Lakers or something. But that's cool. I mean, I'm I I'm surprised how how good Mikael Bridges is doing this game. I think he's doing pretty good too, but I think that he's doing really well because most of his shots are from the corner. I think that's his hot spot. Yeah, he got uh, what's it called? He got picked in tenth round and the. Wait, he got picked in the first round, but 10th pick in 2018. So, I mean, I kind of expect that from him. Yeah, because you're a top 10 pick. People should expect you to score 20-plus points. Yeah, I've really, like, not even heard much about him since. Because, I mean, but... This game, he did really good, so I don't know. Maybe he could become better. He's only 24. He's got more time. Yeah, I think he'll develop into more of a number to allow him with age and when his other teammates develop with him. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I think... You know what I think? I think LeBron will retire like a year after Bronny comes to the NBA. And I feel like if they play together, that would be probably the coolest thing the NBA has ever seen. Yeah. What team do you think they would play on? Um... I don't know if it will be the Lakers. It may, it may be. It depends how loyal LeBron feels. It would be cool if they went back to to the Cavs. I think they would be cool to see him in LA do being being in the Cavs jersey. Yeah, if they if they keep Anthony Davis too, that would be a really good top three. I don't feel like LeBron will be like as good as he is. Uh, he's probably gonna be like like forty, forty-one, something like that. But I mean, I don't know. Bronny, Bronny, though, because he he's getting better every day. And I think since if they would play on and play on the same team, I think that Bron. Uh, LeBron can look at his son and see what he needs to fix, and then he can tell him, and then they can you know, work on it. 
And I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool if, like, if, like, after the Nets, or, like, if rings for the Nets, that would be pretty cool. And then he's going to go somewhere. He's going to be somewhere. And that's to get their two rings. He's going to go to, like, uh, he could go back to the Rockets. He said he loves the city and he still supports the city. But I think the reason he's still here is why Antonio is still there. And unless he left. Do you think James Harden is going to return to the Nets? Uh, I think, uh, hmm. I don't know, I don't know, I can see him, like, oh, big, he, if he's with, like, what's really cool is, like, LeBron somewhere, LeBron, him, and Bernie, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think... He's going to return, like, right before the playoffs. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our Western NBA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Weekly Sports News. Today, we're going to be talking about news around the world of sports in NFL and MLB and others. First, per the news, Antonio Brown agrees to re-sign with Tampa Bay to a one-year deal. Now, not a lot of people expected this. It's a $3.1 million deal, and what do you guys think? Um, well, I, uh, so he's getting away from Tampa Bay, or? No, he's staying in Tampa Bay. He re-signed. I I don't really like the guy. Um, I think that as a football player, then he should be getting more. But I think as a person, he should be getting less because yeah, I I just that that's kind of what I feel about him. Mm-hmm. I understand, and um, I think that he. He's a solid player. I think uh, he last year he didn't get much playing time. He wasn't that great. He did catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I think this year if he can um, deal with all the off the field stuff and he can just focus on his football, he'll be better. Yeah. If there's not so much drama surrounding him, because you know the last year, every time we talk about Antonio Brown, it was always about like the lawsuit or something. So. Exactly. I think it's a good signing for Tampa. They got, like, everybody who was on their team that won the Super Bowl back. That's good. They'll have a really solid team going to 2021 season. And hopefully they can pick up some more solid players in the draft and win another Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Next in the news, we're going to be talking about 
Japanese player for the Angels, Shohei Otani, who made history by getting nine strikeouts, three run scores, two <clears throat> runs batted in, and a win in the same game. He made history on Monday night, becoming the first player in nearly 100 years to start a game on the mound while also entering the day leading the majors in home run. It's pretty impressive. Oh, wow. Yeah. He won two for three with two RBIs, three runs scored, and struck out nine. So, And that was his first win since uh, May 20th, 2018. So, yeah. I think Shohei Itani is my favorite player in the MLB. It's really exciting. And you get to see him on both sides of the ball when he's pitching. So, yeah, really impressive. He hits the ball really hard. All right. Um, next up for the National Women's Hockey League. Uh, league. Um, so, basically, uh, they went to the Olympics. They won a gold. Uh, Tyler Tumania won an Olympic medal in 2018. And now it, it, it's apparently she doesn't have very good relationships with the hockey league. And uh, yeah, like she, she wants it to be more fair and she wants to let everybody know how she had it and so she i guess just wanted it to be a little better i think all right yeah is the national women's hockey league like part of the same thing as the nhl probably Pro- yeah it's but this is the nwhl yeah So, yeah. I think that that concludes our podcast. Thank you for listening to our segment. And come back next time. And bye. Bye. Hello, and welcome to the Shot Clock, your NBA recap podcast segment. My name is Ryan, and I'm here with Edward Ali and Abdul. And this week, we're just going to be going over what's happened in the NBA, you know? Uh, kind of standing changes, which players have really been sticking out to us. Maybe if there's time at the end, we're going to go over, maybe go over who we think should win the MVP, because that's kind of been coming up contention recently. Uh, Edward, you, any teams that really, like, stand out to you straight off the bat? Okay, I'm sorry. Off today, it looks like Edward has technical difficulties. For the first thing is, I want to talk about the referees in the NBA because there's been a lot of like uh, fans and uh, players complaining of referees and these days. Even uh, the referees, I think, are going way soft. They should be like not like something like talking to someone that is with trash doesn't mean they should get a technical automatically that should be like a warning mm, yeah 
So that's one of the things that I don't like the referee so far. This year, they're like every year, the referees, uh, the rules are getting softer and softer. The referees are getting softer and softer. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, Luca is almost suspended. I think it's something like two or three more technical fouls, and he's he, he's getting suspended. He has, like, 13, and I think yeah. he has 16. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, I, they, like, people that trust talk, they're, like, competitive. They have the competitive mind. And I, this is, uh, I think that's just perfect. You need a competitive like mindset to win like games or get into people's head uh, to win it. I don't think that should be like a technical mm-hmm. or ejection from the game. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like if you're yelling at the ref, right? Like if you're like actively trying to make the ref mad, well then like yeah, of course. But like for the small things, you know, the stuff that's kind of kind of up for like debate whether it should be or not, like. I feel like if there is any doubt whether it could be at attack or it couldn't, just don't call it, you know? Like, people want to see the conflict. People want to see these people get fired up because that's what leads to better play, you know? And the refs yeah. call literally every tiny thing that makes them mad. And it's just yeah, like, that's, that, that's, like, what's one of the main problems in NBA Right now, even though the NBA is not con- considering as like a thing to worry about, but for the players and I think the fans, this is like issue they need to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the standings, they're looking like so, like playoff time, it's coming close, and already four teams have made uh, have clinched their spots two out east, two in the west. The Nets and the 76ers and the Jazz and the Suns, which, and so basically the Nets and the 76ers, they're bad. It's like really close race for the first spot in the East. Well, yeah, and as the same as the same in the West, the Jazz and the Suns are battling for the first spot in the West too. So it's like it's pretty competitive, like among the best teams in the league. And then the Clippers are close behind them, only like two games behind the Suns. And even the Nuggets, they're only three games behind the Suns. And then and then the Bucks too, they're playing like I mean, they're two and a half games behind the seventy sixers. They're a little further than the other teams, but like I think if the seventy sixers get an injury or if they like get on like a cold streak, I think the Bucks could t- come in and take the second spot base. Yeah, the, uh, the the Lakers they are doing well right now. I mean they're in a good spot to be in the playoff, but they're not like getting um they're not like doing as well as we thought. Even with Anthony Davis back and LeBron James is back, uh, LeBron James is not back with Anthony Davis. They still lost to the Wizard, I believe, yesterday, and uh, that guy like I believe Anthony like. A little bit heated, and he uh, sent a strong message to the team. So yeah, I mean the Lakers, uh, and they if they want to make like us to the play, uh, play uh, finals, I believe they need LeBron James because Anthony David, he came back the first day, and we expected him to like win. Obviously, it's the Wizards, but they still lost with even Anthony David back. 
Yeah, I think the major problem with the Lakers right now is that they're kind of lacking that strong, like, central support that LeBron kind of provided, right? Like, he's the leader. He's the one that ties everybody together, that gets this stuff playing. He sets up the scoring opportunities. He doesn't want to take over. LeBron is kind of like the heart of their team. So when he's out, like, it, it kind of makes the whole thing collapse on itself. But, like, the Lakers are still holding up. They're still good. In their last 10 games, they're four and six, which doesn't really line up with the rest of the top teams. But like, still, it's that bad, especially considering that LeBron is still out. You know, when he comes back, I, I do agree. The Lakers are not getting to the conference finals without LeBron. I don't think it's going to happen. They're just not that good without him. But if LeBron makes his comeback in the next couple of weeks, like, the Lakers are going to come back. They're, they're good. They're good. And, and, and the, I believe the, the reason the teams like they will have the the confidence uh, without LeBron is like I think they have to do something with the rules you know like how Jordan and Kobe made their teammates better in practice by like getting into their head like going hard like if they were in the game but this year like the NBA has struck up the rules and if you like do something close to that, you could like get suspended or something like that. Yeah. So it says like the timetable for LeBron to come back. Like like a couple weeks ago, there was an article that said that on April thirteenth, they said that they said he'd miss roughly three more weeks. So if that's still true, that means he's coming back like 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 next week or something but i don't know i think like he needs kind of to come back like i don't think like with the nets they have like they're in a good spot they're the first seed and like let's say one of their players are injured they're not too urgent they don't need to bring them back like right off the bat because like they still have they're still really they're still like holding up the standings with the lakers on the other hand let's say like lebron misses more games they want to rest them some more like they're the the Mavericks are not far behind them. They're only one and a half games behind, and then it's like really close from the ten through five spots. I mean, yes, the Warriors are really far away from the Lakers, but like it's like a kind of like I don't know. It's like it's gets closer and closer. Like the the fur the the farther you go up the standings from ten to five. So like the Nuggets, they're looking good right now. They're in the four seed, five games behind the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to like. Uh, close that margin, but like the Lakers are like kind of right now. They like they need to bring back LeBron as soon as possible, so they can like kind of like in my opinion stop the bleeding because like th if they fall more, they might even fall into the play-in tournament and have one of the like much lower seats in the in the um much lower seats in the playoffs. And you can't really blame them because like injuries are kind of like inevitable. You can't really do anything about that, but like it kind of sucks because a lot of people were thinking they'd go back to back and without I mean they still could, but it's kind of looking concerning right now. Yeah, this year injuries and COVID have been like major fact for a lot of people and that's why most people are losing. I'm, the other thing is I'm still surprised that Jazz and uh, Fini, uh, Fini, uh, the Suns are holding on to that second and uh, first and second place in the Western Conference. That's very surprising. Yeah, because I thought they would be like in the third or fourth place by now, but they're like 
holding on to the first and second place like since like just uh before the half of the season yeah the clippers they're like also kind of getting close to it so it's a bit i think they're one of like i think the main contenders this year are the i don't see the sons of the jazz making it that i mean i see them like at least one of them making it to the conference finals but i don't think either of them are going to the finals i mean the clippers right now they have like experience they have two star players and i think they'll be able to like I think they might be able to win it all. I think they're the favorite in the West, even though they're the third seed. And out East, I think the Nets are the favorite, but then the 76ers are also really good too. And same with the Bucks. So it'll be, I think any of those three teams could easily make the championship. And yeah, with the standing right now, I feel like the only, only teams that are like capable of starting, uh, stopping the Nets from winning the champions at the standing right now are the Lakers when LeBron if LeBron James come back and the 76ers on the Western uh, Eastern Conference I feel like those two have a chance of like getting rid of the Nets either like uh, Lakers versus Nets in the finals or in the Eastern Conference like the 76ers versus Nets Ah, so so you guys' attitude towards like the Jazz is that it's a fluke, right? You guys don't think the Jazz have a chance of winning? Is what I'm kind of yeah. Thinking. They, uh, I feel like they so, do. So that, they so could make it. They great? could make it to the uh, Western Conference, but I feel like they don't have enough experience, like to go to the finals. Then how many games does it take to convince you that the Jazz is really good? Because it's over no, no, I games. am. I mean, I'm very convinced. I'm confi- uh, convinced that they're very good. Since like they in the first in the Western Conference, they're above like most of the good teams in the league. But I don't. I, uh, I I'm not very confident that they will win a championship. Yeah, I think they're like one of those like really good regular season teams. I don't think they have that much playoff experience like as a as a team like recently. The, yeah, and, that's like. That uh, they're like uh, you know the Rockets in 2016 when they lost to the Warriors in Game Seven in the Western Finals because they missed a lot of shots. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, they're kind of like that. So I think the Clippers. Yeah, I just I I still think that the Clippers are like really like I think that they're I think they're gonna come out of the West. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I forgot about the Clippers because people are not talking about them that much. So, like, they have a good chance of, like, going to the finals, too. Uh, the the Nets, the 76ers, the Lakers, and the Clippers are probably that could make it to the finals. Yeah, and then also like like the Rockets have like taught, like bottomed out right now because like they're st- they're still like losing at a constant like on a constant rate. They're one in nine in the last ten, lost five in a row, and they're like the worst team in the league by far. And they lost to the Timberwolves recently, who's like a who's also in the race to get the um like one of the top picks. So the Rockets are like they're just not. 
they're not good this year. Just I feel, I feel like the uh, like the Rockets are big gay flip. They don't even care. They just now worry about like getting the first pick in the draft next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, and the Rockets aren't even the worst team if you're going on like skill, right? They're not, they're not great, but like they're not the worst in the league. Like they're just tanking, they're just not trying. And like I understand it from like a future-proofing perspective, right? Do bad now, rebuild, working with Christian Wood, but like so boring. I want them to try and I want them to win. They, I feel like they're trying, but they're not trying they're like trying like to get the momentum of their team like going the yeah, communication I yeah i think right now they're just trying to like like i think they're trying but i think they're just trying to develop like i think they're trying to give younger players more minutes to give them more experience like jay sean tate and Kenyon martin jr so then in the future they'll be like they'll have more experience and then like also like how to like rest or like better players so that maybe we could like like not risk injuries to them and then trade them later but other young pieces and picks and yeah that's what i think the rocket strategy right now is and i don't know i think that i think that hopefully they draft well because if they don't I, this season will kind of be like a waste and yeah yeah so yeah i hope james harden he wins a championship in Brooklyn, because of it, as Rockets fan, we would wish to him stayed in Houston. But like, I feel like he was getting tired, and he was like almost out of his prime, and he wanted to win at least one championship. So at least it's good for him, and he at, at least he should win like one championship. And I think with that, we're kind of running low on time here, so I'm just gonna sign off now. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>
so much interest in him. I feel like you could have gotten him maybe second round. But uh, I, don't I don't think he, he would have slipped that far. No, he's no, really no. Okay. He the thing is, like, the Bears or Pats would have uh, picked him if uh, the Niners picked, say, Fields or Matt Jones. Okay, so the argument yeah, with right. Trey Lance is he might, he probably, he has, he got the most potential out of anyone. He has a huge arm, and he has Good amazing speed. The problem is he played one year at a SES. Yes, he played at the SES, big best college in it. But he still played one year, and then he played one game this year. One game, yeah, and he had an average a game. Average. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I worry about that. I don't, I don't know if that's right. And you also have to put this to mind. He's backing up Jimmy Garoppolo, who led the Niners to a Super Bowl two years ago. And last year, they were bad because George Kittle, he was out for most of the season. But um, so I think they have a pickup year. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo also missed a lot of it. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he'll have a better year, but I don't see him starting the whole year. No, but because he's just going to be on the IR list, up a fair portion of it. But that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's enough about number three because we got to move down. All right, number four, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was just fantastic in Florida. That uh, Kyle Pitts and then the quarterback, Kyle uh, Trask, that connection was incredible. I think they might be able to replicate that in Atlanta. I don't know. That's just I, – I feel very confident about that pick. Yeah, that and, makes the Falcons a scary team because they already have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at um, wide receivers. But um, surrounding the Julio Jones trade rumors, you don't know what's going to happen. So I yeah. like that pick. I think – they obviously got the best receiver in the draft, and um, I'm excited yeah. to see how he's going to play in the NFL. Definitely. Uh, yeah, very good. And then for uh, the Bengals, now a lot of people were saying, okay, they shouldn't have picked Jamar Chase. They yeah, should have I think went with I like should, a Yeah, Sewell. Penny Sewell. I think Penny Sewell. Cause this is my he, argument. Wait, listen. This is my argument. Jamar Chase could be a top three wide receiver in the league at one point. He has that much okay. talent. Yes, Penny yeah. Sewell could be one of the best O-linemen, but – Selecting a top three wide receiver in the league, someone that has that much potential, and you have to look. Joe Burrow loved this pick. Joe Burrow played with him when he won a national championship. Joe Burrow he like, already has a connection. He like he literally was like, you know, you have to pick this guy. You have to pick this guy. And I don't think you can doubt that receiver or that running back quarterback connection. Like that, you can't you can't replicate that. So that that uh that closeness, you. I don't know. It's just, it's nice to have a familiar face on like a team that you can rely on. I agree I, with that, but also the uh, the Bengals, their O line has been giving a lot of sacks last year, and true. they needed a good. That's true. Um, they need a good O lineman who could protect Joe Burrow because they already have Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, adding Jamar Chase is a good weapon, but like. Listen, you need to protect the quarterback you first. You can get a good O lineman. You could probably get average O lineman, a guy with multi-year starter in the second round. They can still get a better O lineman, but there's a huge gap between Jamar Chase and the tenth best wide receiver. Huge. Okay, I agree with that. I'm just saying they need to get an O lineman because they you can't keep doing your franchise quarterback like that. He's going to be out within like three years if he just keeps getting hit like he did that last season. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a. I understand why they picked that one. Number six, Jalen Waddle, Alabama. Again, you have that quarterback receiver connection. Maybe, maybe not even that. Just you know, they're from the same school. They've they've played together. They've known each other. Uh, he's going to be with Tua, and Jalen Waddle just was incredible last year. No, no denying that. This and, is the one I kinda, 
I think Jalen Wall is a great pick. I just kind of wish to see Devontae Smith. Yeah, I didn't. I. It's interesting that they put him over Devontae Smith. Both are incredible. Don't get me wrong. The thing is, what I knew Devontae Smith would fall. Devontae Smith could be a steal of the draft. Yes, he got picked at ten. He 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 could be amazing. He could be a steal of the draft, even though he got picked at ten. I just don't know why they picked him above. Like Jalen Waddle earlier on the season before he he got hurt against uh, Tennessee, he was incredible. And then because he uh, got hurt, De- Devonta Smith kind of picked up the picked up the pace. I I'm not sure why they picked him over Devonta Smith. It might just be because Tua uh, has a bigger connection with him. Speed. Okay. Yes, and uh, yes, the speed. Dolphins now they have a lot of weapons. They have Mike Gesicki at tight end. They still have Miles Gaskin. And Devontae Parker. And, yeah, they got Will Fuller. And you're adding Jalen Waddle to that already explosive offense. It's going to be scary this year. Definitely. Six Alabama picks within, like, the first 24. Okay, next one. Uh, Pene Suo, I apologize if I say that wrong. But, yeah, he's one of the best uh, offensive tackles out there. He's just – you knew he would go high. And I'd, I'm happy that Detroit gets some better O-line coverage. Yeah, they got someone to protect Jared Goff, but also, Definitely. if you're looking at it, they could have, I think they would have benefited better from a um, receiver because, I mean, they'll probably draft one in the later rounds, but they have at running back DeAndre Swift. Uh, but their uh, top wide receivers, Rashad Perriman and Tyra Williams, they need like better wide receivers. Yeah, I guess their thing is like, look, we have to protect Jared Goff before he can even throw the ball. Kind of, I don't know. Their whole I- thing is, their whole thing is, I think they could draft Justin Fields, but they're probably saying, hey, we drafted Matthew Stafford high. Look what we did with him. We wasted him. Let's start with the O-line. Let's build an O-line. Then we can develop. Then we can get a QB and some weapons. But let's start with our foundation with the O-line. And, you know, I have to agree with them because it's just like going back to uh, Jamar Chase. If you get too many wide receivers and you leave your quarterback unprotected, he just physically can't throw the ball out fast enough. But I agree with that one. We got to move on. Um, uh, J.C. Horn, South Carolina cornerback. Safeties are always pretty highly ranked, and you the teams always need them. Um, he he uh, he's doing pretty well with the Gamecocks. I mean, and I don't know. I just I look forward to him on the Panthers. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be a, probably a menace in a couple of years, or maybe even this year, because they they don't get many interceptions as it is. I think they only had like seven last year. Okay, next one, Pat. Patrick Certain, the second, another Alabama. Uh, I like that pick. Just, I, like I that hate that pick just because I absolutely. Is, this pick. Okay. Listen, they could have drafted. They could have drafted Justin Fields with this pick. Justin Fields. They traded. Yes, they got Teddy Bridgewater. Justin Fields. They could have got him. Instead, they decided to get a cornerback. They didn't get the quarterback. Aren't there all those trade rumors that Aaron uh, Rodgers is going there anyway? They might try to say, look, we're just going to try to make one Super Bowl run. We're going to get the last year out of Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to build him like a great I don't think they're interested in the long run. They're just like, look, I have to – we're going to just try to win one Super Bowl. Because Von Miller's old too. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, okay, then Devonta Smith uh, to the Philadelphia. He's going to be playing with Jalen Hurts. That's going to be a very menacing combo. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, um, they have already um, expected trade from Zach Ertz in the next couple of days because they already have Dallas Goddard tied in. And um, Zach Ertz yeah. is just aging. So 
Well, they could probably trade him to a team like Indianapolis who needs a tight end, but they have yeah. Jalen Waddle, and I'd expect them to draft another wide receiver in the next couple of rounds. Definitely, because uh, also Deshaun Jackson was released. All right, then, because those oh, are yeah. like the first 10, uh, we, we're running out of time. We're just going to go over these pretty quickly. Chicago, Justin Fields, um, that makes okay, sense. Okay, can we talk about this one for a little bit? This okay. one was a great pick. Great pick by Chicago. Listen, Justin Fields could be the most – he could be the second-best quarterback in this draft or first. He has that talent. They got him at 11, and they didn't even give up that much for the Giants. They gave up a fir- first-round yeah. pick maybe, two first-round picks. They're one at 20 and another one in a third, I think. Definitely. But, that yeah, that's a great one. And then I'm just going to go over these real quick. Uh, Micah Parsons, Dallas, yeah, Rashad Slater to uh, the Chargers, Elijah Tucker to – no, New York Jets, Mac Jones, uh, Bilicek and Saban connection to the Patriots, Zaven Collins to the Arizona Cardinals, Alex Leatherwood, pretty skeptical on that one for the Raiders, uh, Jalen Phillips to Miami, Jamin Davis to Washington, K- Kadarius Tony to uh, oh, Giants. Let's stop there for a sec. The, yeah. Let's just acknowledge that the Raiders passed on Jeremiah Wosu, um I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Who went to Notre yeah. Dame? They passed uh, up on him, and he's still available somehow. He's, a, he's, he's the first round talent. The second best linebacker. Definitely. He's probably the second best linebacker in this class. They oh needed, yeah. They needed an offensive tackle, but I don't know if they they should have gone with him that early. I want to say this: the Cowboys they uh, they traded down, and they still got the best linebacker in the draft class. Who they listen, needed? Michael Parsons raw though. He's he. Right now, he might not be the best linebacker. He has the most potential, though. I want to say one thing. Chargers, if you're a Chargers fan, you're happy. Justin Herbert is going to have a clean pocket. I would, If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm happy. Definitely. And they okay. probably draft the wide receiver on day two. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, and then uh, Quiddy Pay for the Colts, Caleb Farley for the Titans, Christian Darsaw for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I don't know, a lot of – Offensive tackles, which is good. We like to see more quarterback protection. Najee Harris, again, everyone knew he was going to go very high. He went to Pittsburgh. Travis Etienne, people were this one. To get a, a cornerback. Okay, we say this one for a second. This one was weird because they already have James Robinson. Okay, yeah, James no. Robinson popped. They off yeah, because year. they need more weapons. Because I, I get it, they have James Robinson, but they could have like a one-two combo at running back for us. Uh, did you see what um, Urban Meyer said? Is he worth a first round pick when you if you wanted another running back, you could have got him in like the second round, like um Williams from North Carolina, who's easily as talent could be as good. And if you look what Urban Meyer said, he said Travis Etienne's gonna be their third down back. I know, but is that I worth a first round pick? Yeah, they're not going to uh employ him as a running back so much as like a, maybe even like a small tight end. Well, why should they want him with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville? That's true. Hey, Tim, they Tebow that Jacksonville. Tim Tebow to yeah. Jacksonville. Uh, okay, that's going to be great. All right, just Greg uh, Newsome to Cleveland, Rashad Bateman to uh, Baltimore, Peyton Turner to Saints, Eric Stokes to Green Bay Packers, Gregory Rosal to the Buffalo Bills, Jason Oa to the Baltimore Ravens, and Joe Tryon to the uh, Buccaneers. That's going to about conclude it. Definitely some weird picks. Uh, I don't know. Keep your eyes tuned. There's definitely going to be some – Crazy, some more crazy picks and some people that they've slept on. All right, well, that's going to about end it for our segment. Hi, I'm Leora Futa, and today I'm here with Christopher. And we have a lot to talk, to talk about because we have the Champions League 
the sem semifinals, which is getting big because right now we have Real Madrid and Chelsea tied. I'm surprised that Chelsea hasn't even lost. But I'm going to say Chelsea, if I just got to say Chelsea, you just got to keep on hanging in there and just and just surprise Real Madrid. Uh, sadly, P PSG lost against Man City, but Man City has the upper hand because they scored two goals at PSG Paris. But I PSG is gonna have a little bit of a heart. It's gonna have a much harder time in England because fans are in England, but in Paris there are none. With all this, this is just gonna be one. This is gonna be extremely hard. Also, Barcelona last last night has screwed up their chance to be number one uh, in La Liga. They ha they played they played La Grande La Granda. They lost. They scored. Messi scored a beautiful goal with Antoine Griezmann. A beautiful assist. I have to give it to him. He played. The, that was one beautiful assist. But Barcelona has screwed up the chance to be number one. They had a. Because every. Has one win is equal to three points. And it's just sad because. And Barcelona, right? They lost. There's a lot of stuff going on there right now. Neymar might be coming back. There's a lot going on. Man City. Man City is absolutely destroying it. According to the supercomputer, Man City has the highest chance out of all the teams. We're going to kind of see that because Man City. All right. Let's just look at this. Last year, they lost in the. Last year, they lost in the quarterfinals. That was 2020. Then last year, the year after that, 2019, they lost to Ajax, and they were winning out. They beat Ajax at home. I think like 2-1, but Ajax came back somehow. Um, I'm just gonna say, I just have to say, I just have to congratulate Man City. They've been fighting hard, and they always play so good. They're one of the top contestants teams, but I just have to say, wow, they 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 finally make it. And if they, I do respect this team a lot, uh, if PhD loses, I think they're gonna win because they they've they literally smoked everybody in the in the Premier League. There's no one, no one's catching up at this point. It's a ten point league. It's it's already it's already the end of April. Uh, Premier League, La Liga are ending soon. So right now. If if man if um, Man City, Man United is the only thing that can really do it. I don't think that Man City's gonna lose that many games in a row for Man United to even win. But Christopher, do you have anything to say? Yeah, and also in the Champions League semifinals in PSG versus Man City. There was a player for PSG that got a red card, which is going to be tougher for PSG to play Man City in their away game. And also it's very, like you said, on the La Liga standings, uh, Barcelona had the chance to be number one again. Like they started off like really bad, like they were in the lower brackets, like and now they're like top three 
and had the chance to be number one, but couldn't win the the game against Granada. So, yeah. I think, I think it's just that Barcelona is going through a lot. Because if you really think about it, Barcelona is going through a lot financially. They're in, a, they're in debt by a lot. Um, they're having troubles with Messi. Um, they're trying to sign contracts with him because the, he made hit because he spent his his whole career in Barca eight sets from the age of eighteen seventeen to the age of thirty thirty three maybe. I don't know how old he is, but he spent his whole career in Barca. Uh, I'm just gonna say this straight up. Um, unlike Ronaldo, he stayed true to one team. I never thought that Ronaldo would even leave me, Real Madrid. Uh, I think he made a big mistake doing that. Um, R- Ronaldo also maybe is gonna be leaving Ju- uh, Juventus probably because uh, their former coach. Who was taken out by Pirlo is coming back next year. It doesn't matter if Pirlo gets him into the Champions League or not. He's being sacked. And this guy said, and this guy wants to build a team around Pablo Dybala, who is a really, really good player. He's young. He's maybe in the, he's in his like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 24, 24 or 25. He's, uh, he's good. And I think he really deserves. I think he really deserves more of a chance. I really think that Ronaldo needs to be taken off this team. And he, if he does, it's Man City. It's Man United. And I, I wonder, what is, is this really? How, how is this going to happen? Because it's Man United. right? It's Ronaldo's old uh, second team. But his, that's where he became more famous than that. It's been maybe... It's been maybe like ten years since he's played in Man United. Um, I don't know how long it's been, but I just hope that we can see some. I really wonder what's gonna happen with that transfer market because because Ronaldo's getting older, he isn't playing as good. Yeah. Also, like you said, like if Ronaldo goes to Man United, like. Personally, I think, like, he has a chance, but, like, not too much because, like, there's, like, faster players like Rashford, Daniel James. Like, they were, like, super fast. Like, he was, when he was, like, at his prime in Man United, he was, like, super good. He was, like, better than all of, like, all of the players that are in Man United, like, this season. And... Yeah, that's what I think. He like he probably doesn't have a chance like to um, play in there, but we'll see what happens. I think it's really time for Ronaldo to t- retire. I think if if he doesn't get in the Man United, it's time to go to MLS and retire. Um, he's already thirty five, thirty six. He, I think, I think it's like the best option. I mean, that that he can't, you can't always play the game forever, right? That man Ibrahimovic. Right, he's he when he's done with Milan, he's gonna retire. He'll he'll play until he's like maybe forty one, but he'll be benched at the age of forty. They're not none of those. You don't have like the young Messi anymore. None of them are young anymore. 
So it's really like the Messi and Ronaldo era is really over. Messi, Messi's, Messi is kind of still in his prime. He's, Messi's still playing pretty good. Um, but Ronaldo's playing absolutely horrible ever since he's made it to Ju- Juventus. I just don't think that he's that he's found his team. He left. He was played. Uh, he won three Champions League in a row, and then he just gave up and kind of pissed off about it because he doesn't he doesn't have any appreciation for his team for Real Madrid, and he was getting downpaid. Um, but he was all about the money, and it kind of pisses me off because he needs to show more respect for his team. But this is. I'm Leo Rafita, and this is Soccer Champions. My name is Caleb. My name is Ethan. And we're the Lunchsters. And today we're just going to be talking about the Astros. Alright, so starting off, the Astros record. 13 and 12, so they got it back up. Yeah, they're positive now, so yep. that's good. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, so we did a lot better in our uh, our recent series. And, yeah, I mean, hopefully it just keeps going up. Yeah, but yesterday we lost to the Mariners 1-0. to zero. I mean, it was a tight game, so it wouldn't be a large loss because it's only a point so yeah i think like like we um we can constantly keep it into like a tight game like we won't really get like blown out that much mm-hmm. so that's definitely good for like playoffs wise and uh yeah i mean yeah so that'll be good for like if we try, if we get into the playoffs, like, and we, we can, like, keep it into the tight games, and, yeah, so. That's yeah. All right, so, today we have our, you know, first game of the new series, like, with the, against the Rays, and it'll definitely be tough, but I think we can beat them. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah, their pitching is usually pretty good. So is the Yankees, mm-hmm. which we play next. So yeah, th- those will be uh you know close games. Yeah, and the Yankees one versus the Astros. It's gonna be a good game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we should have some good games coming up. And uh, yeah, I mean, see what happens. Hopefully, we keep our positive record. And yeah, let's just win some games, I guess. I mean, it's good that they they uh won like uh, a lot more games in the last series. Oh yeah. You know, especially facing these tough teams, like we're gonna need those wins to back up our record. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh our start wasn't really you know our start was pretty good, like maybe the first like series. It was pretty good, but like we kind of just like went downhill. But you know, yeah, but, but now we're um, picking up. Yeah. A little bit. 
yeah you definitely want to uh you know we you know we still have like 100 like 30 games left so yeah we yeah so we just gotta you know get uh some pretty big streaks and then yeah i mean we can do you know we can do good yeah all right um yeah so i feel like i feel like we might uh we're gonna do good against the rays i think and the yankees it'll probably be really close yeah the yankees are definitely gonna be a close the game. blue jays is gonna be interesting because you know we did trade away George Springer to the Blue Jays, and I wonder if you know. Let's just see what happens with that. And, oh uh, yeah. 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 So just be on the lookout for the ne- these uh next few weeks, or at least next week and the week after, because those are gonna be some good series. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, see what happens. All right. You guys have any other thoughts you want to add to that? Um. So like after that, I think we're playing the uh the, after the Blue Jays are playing the Angels, which probably be easy game. Then the Texas Rangers, that's probably gonna be easy game. And that's all I know. Yeah. And um. Yeah. yeah we, we should be able to win those. Yeah, we can get our win streak up. Versus those teams. Yeah, and I think our hitting is like, you know, Brantley's doing like really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Korea and, and Altuve, they're also hitting like, which is like, you know, like the big difference from last year, especially since everyone was injured last year, like now having, uh, um, you know, like our star players, like being able to play and like hit, it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um any more thoughts about that? Um like other sports, um the draft was yesterday for football. Yeah, so the draft like I think um the first pick was Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. He went to the uh Jaguars. And I think with quarterbacks, like, it's usually, like, they either do, like, pretty good or they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, like, you know, not. Like, it, it happens, like, a lot. And I think it's just, like, a big transition from college to, you know, the NFL with, like, how the, um, you know, like, how pr- the pressure is and the zones and just, like, you know, there's better – Defensive players, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, so I mean, you know, basketball has been the same. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you guys have any other thoughts? Um, yeah, like nothing much for uh basketball, and maybe you know, maybe the Texans will be better this year. Yeah, I mean, probably not, but no. Yeah, probably not. They might be good in, like, a few years, but just I don't think this year, though. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, let's just, you know, hopefully get our wins, you know, 
on the Astros and you know go from there with the other sports, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, our hitting has been pretty good. Like, I feel like um. I don't know if the race hitting is good or not, but like I think they, I think it's pretty good. So yeah, I mean it's, it's gonna be like close games, you know, next week and the week after. So, yeah, yeah, the Rays are on thirteen and thirteen. Yeah, so it, you know we have the better record, but they did play one more game than us. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we were pretty evenly matched, so it should be you know interesting game. Um, yeah, like, so there's going to be, you know, close games, you know, be, be ready. For them. Anyone have, you know, any, any other thoughts about anything? Um, not really. All right. Well, I think we're going to, uh, right oh, yeah, let's talk about, um, Yankees, like the Yankees, I feel like, um, you know, like so they have Garrett Cole, like they have really good pitching. Like a role as Chapman. Like their pitching is like probably one of the best in the leagues. Yeah, Yankees, they have good pitching. And their hitting is also really good. And I think mm-hmm. you have to play at the Yankee Stadium, the cold weather, like what happened with the Rockies, like it might affect us. So Yeah, the Rockies weather was pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, hopefully, you know, the Astros, like, you know, they need to do, like, really good that on that series. Because they don't yeah. even – the Yankees might have an advantage in a lot of places. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you for listening. And with the Astros. Thanks for listening. Hey, look at the I'm going to be talking about Lego Yankees. And it was a very exciting game. This three, which was Atletico San Luis and Pachuca. Atletico San Luis comes in from Group B, which is the teams that um, tend to play against each other to see who goes to the top team, which is Lego Yankees. It was a very good game. Pachuca, obviously, um, took the W with um, five, five goals, leaving San Luis with only one. Mm. Um, but definitely, San Luis did have shots, like, on Pachuca, but I guess not in goal. And right now, since Pachuca won, he's in 7th place, and San Luis right now is kind of going bad, which is 16. So, the first, the first team that qualified is Querétaro, Tigres, Chivas, Atlas, Toluca, Pachuca, León, Santos, Monterrey, Puebla. It's the first 12 teams. The first um, the first four are automatically class- classified in the quarterfinals. But the first from, four, from 5 to 12 had to fight for a spot in order to go high. And, and the next games are going to be happening soon, hopefully. Um, it's going to be Nakaksa against Atlas, which is today at 8.30. And today also is playing Toluca against Juarez. And tomorrow is going to be Tigres against Chivas, which is going to be a very good game. Because um, Tigres has been dominating a lot of teams lately. 
and cruise school against Tijuana tomorrow, and I go on against Querétaro. So right now, the team that like has been dominated the most, it has to be has to be definitely between either Cruzul or America. They're both tied with points in their last five matches. Cruzul won the first three, tied, and then won. On the other hand, America won the first three, tied, and lost. So, Cruzul has 40 points, America has 35. So, that's it for me. Pass it to Gerardo. Um, I'm also going to lead Manchester United. And I'll lead United, they're ninth place in the English Premier League, and Manchester second place. So, it's honestly quite an interesting thing because we look at lead. They, they have their last five games, they had three wins against Manchester City, which is first place, and which is honestly really good. And they only have draws. You know, like this team, it, it, I, I feel like if they weren't getting dropped, they would probably been like at fifth place taking West Ham United. I mean, Manchester United, in their last five games, they got five wins. So, like, it's surprising because this game was a draw. Like, Manchester United took nine, 16 goals. Well, not 16 goals, but 16 shots. And four of them missed, but the rest were blocked by the goalie. And Leeds United made six goals, but it's quite impressive. Like their goalies and their defense are on a different league. Like I understand why they get draws now, because like their goalies, they have the, they have like one of the best defense I ever seen. Me personally, and then their attack, it's just it's like it's like a it's beautiful to see how they like do stuff. I mean like they they got a lot of fouls that match. Though, like, you can see Manchester United, they, they had, like, six corner shots, and they had three saves. But Lee got four saves. Well, Lee's goalie, I just, he's, he's really good. It's surprising. Because, like, they, they shot the ball. I mean, they, they got a lot of fouls, though. They got a lot of fouls. Like, they did a corner hit, and the goalie just blocked. So it's so fun to watch this one game to see like how this person at the ninth place going against a second place person. So we'll see another match where Manchester City versus Leeds United and Leeds United is one. I feel like they're in ninth place. They don't they don't lose games, no though they don't win games. They mainly got draws. It's at the it's they got another draw against Manchester United, which means that would be pretty Three wins and three times. So they aren't losing, but they're losing the one. So, like, this is, I mean, this is just beautiful. I mean, the last time they fought, they would lose. Like, Leeds United only beat in Manchester once from the last five matches they gone against. So then, you can tell they're advancing and they're getting used. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they got a new coach. So, like, this, this is just a beautiful match. The goalie is, if I'm correct, it should be Bamford or Mister. Yeah, it's Mister. And the the defense are, oh, they're good. They're they're Pesolico and Diego, which 
they sure are good defense. I mean, they got swept out sometimes, but they are the like I mean, Manchester United up there had a good goalie, which is Hutcherson, and their defense, which got one fell, but I think that was because it was just trying to isolate and he actually knocked him over. And I'll say Victor was also one of the defense. And that's how I got to say one. This match was like so fun to look at, so fun to watch. You would get hopes up. You would think that Manchester City would score one. And then just blocked. And then Leeds United is going to score one and just blocked. I mean, they missed a lot though. Can't lie, but that's just because they both have two good defense. Honestly, and that's it for the long See you next week. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of One Hour School Wide.